With Watch Dogs Legion right around the corner, we here at Suggestive Gaming figured now would be a good time to take a look back at the series and its various protagonists so far. Do note that for the second game especially, I'm going to be focusing primarily on the main story of the games, so don't be surprised if I skip over a certain mission arc or DLC. Additionally, there was a book published called The Dead Sec Revenge that I won't be covering because in my research I could not find a copy of it or details on its plot anywhere. Apologies for that. Also, while I know there's a bit of a shared universe involving various Ubisoft franchises, I'm only going to focus on Watch Dogs right now. But don't worry, we'll get to all those other games eventually. Alright, now, without further ado, this is what you need to know about Watch Dogs. Our story begins in Chicago, Illinois in the year 2012, where we find former gang member turned hacker Aiden Pierce in the lobby of the Merlot Hotel, working with his remote partner Damian Branks to hack into the bank accounts of the establishment's high roller patrons. However, during their attempt, another hack takes place in the network, triggering an alarm that leads to Damian trying to trace this other hacker, giving away his and Aiden's presence in the network. This angers the hotel's owner, Dermot Lucky Quinn, leader of the Irish-American crime syndicate, the Chicago South Club, which orders a hit on Aiden's family to scare him. Quinn's associate, Maurice Vega, then follows Aiden while he drives with his niece and nephew, Lena and Jackson, and shoots out his car's tire, causing it to flip. While Aiden and Jackson survive the crash, Lena falls into a coma and later passes away. Eleven months later, Aiden and a fixer he hired named Jordy Chin tracked down Maurice along with his gang, the Black Viceroys, at a baseball stadium. After the pair end up killing the gang members, Aiden interrogates Maurice to find out who ordered the hit, but the man claims he does not know. This prompts Aiden to pull his pistol, but when he goes to shoot his rival, he finds that the clip is empty. Maurice then attacks, but Aiden is able to incapacitate him with a baton. Afterwards, Aiden meets with Jordy, who admits that he emptied Aiden's gun and called the police to better cover up their tracks. Jordy then collects Maurice to take him to a secret location, while Aiden escapes the stadium. Later, Aiden visits his sister Nicole to celebrate Jackson's birthday. Jackson, no longer speaking to anyone besides his mother due to the trauma of the crash that killed his sister, is nevertheless happy to see his uncle. During his visit, Aiden notices his sister growing worried over a phone call. He hacks her phone to listen in and discovers that somebody is threatening to break into her home. Afterwards, Aiden tracks this call, despite his sisters urging not to, and follows the caller and takes them out, hacking their phone to discover a recording of a call from someone who hired this caller to harass Nicole. He hands off this data to his associate, Bad Boy 17 a member of the underground hacking network DeadSec, who asks him to hack one of the centers housing the Central OS, known as CTOS, in order to trace the call. Aiden infiltrates the facility and hacks into the CTOS, giving him access into the city's central supercomputer control network, allowing him to hack into the city's electronics as well as access the information of all of its citizens. With this access, Bad Boy 17 begins to trace the call to find who has been harassing Nicole. Afterwards, Jordy calls Aiden and asks him to work a job as a driver. Aiden finds his contact and helps him drive away from the police to his destination, where they are surprised to find Lucky Quinn. Quinn admits frustration with the man alerting the police and kills him on the spot. He then walks over to a masked Aiden and expresses his gratitude for the job well done. Later, Aiden gets a call from Bad Boy 17, stating they have an update on the situation but need to meet in person. Aiden goes to the meetup location and finds Bad Boy 17, who introduces herself as Clara Lyle. Clara then provides Aiden with DeadSec software for his phone-slash-hacking device as the pair agree to work together closely moving forward. Eventually, Clara helps Aiden track down the source of the call, none other than his former partner, Damian Brinks.
Damien summons Aiden to a meeting nearby where the pair argue over who was at fault for the Merlot Hotel incident. Damien, who was also punished by Lucky Quinn, whose men attacked him, leaving him unable to use his left leg, asks his old partner to re-team up with him, but Aiden refuses before leaving abruptly. Aiden visits Lena's grave, remembering a previous visit with his sister where he promised to find the people responsible for her death. Later, he meets up with Jordy, who informs Aiden of a surviving member of the Black Viceroys from the stadium incident, a man named Raul Leonzo, who has been arrested and could potentially point to Aiden as the one involved with killing the Viceroys. Jordy provides cover via sniper rifle, while Aiden reaches a man named Lance Brenner, who he interrogates to learn that his associate, Angelo Tucci, plans to kidnap Leonzo during a prisoner transport in order to learn Aiden's identity. Aiden then finds Tucci's niece, Helena, and hacks her phone to learn of his location, where Aiden tracks him down and takes care of him, preventing Leonzo's capture. Still fearing that Leonzo can lead the police to him, Jordy helps Aiden execute a plan to get arrested under a false identity in order to be incarcerated inside the same prison Leonzo is currently being held. Inside the prison, Aiden finds Leonzo being beaten by a group of crooked guards attempting to get the hacker's identity out of him. Aiden fights the guards off to save Leonzo, threatening to hack the prison system in order to increase his sentencing time if he tells the cops what he knows. Leonzo agrees to keep quiet, and Aiden escapes from the prison with his belongings. Shortly after, Aiden receives a call from Damien, who reveals that he is currently inside his sister, Nicole's home. Aiden rushes there to find Damien, who reveals that he has kidnapped Nicole, but Jackson was able to get away. Damien states that he will release Nicole if Aiden helps him retrieve a hard drive that will help lead to the third hacker that ruined the Merlot job. Aiden reluctantly agrees to this new partnership, and Damien gives Aiden a storage device with information to lead to the hacker before he leaves, leaving Aiden to search for Jackson. Aiden eventually tracks Jackson's tablet to find the boy and safely rescues him. He then calls the boy's psychologist, Yolanda Mendez, and tells her Nicole had left to take some time to grieve, and she agrees to take care of Jackson in the meantime. On their way to Yolanda, Jackson reveals to Aiden that his attempted captors were talking about the Racine Boat Restoration Company. And after leaving Jackson with Yolanda, Aiden heads to the company's facility to learn that their owner, Robert Racine, did indeed work with Damien to kidnap Nicole, but doesn't have any information on her whereabouts. Aiden then takes Racine out before calling Damien, who instructs him to calm down and get his job done. Aiden returns to his motel room and tries to analyze the device Damien gave him. He finds a video, but is unable to watch it due to the file being corrupt. Clara arrives and determines that the file is in fact unopenable, but Aiden asks for her help in finding the hard drive Damien is searching for. Just then, Aiden hears a car approaching, and attackers begin to open fire on his room, causing him to grab Damien's device before destroying all of his equipment, to prevent it from falling into the wrong hands, before escaping with Clara. Later, the pair meet near the docks, where Clara tells Aiden about an early CTOS test facility called The Bunker, that he could potentially use to continue his work without being detected by the authorities. The pair track a man named Tobias Frewer, who can open the path to the facility, and Aiden joins an underground poker game to come in contact with him. Sensing something is wrong, Tobias flips the table and runs, but Aiden is able to catch and tackle him before forcing the man to give him the remote to operate the bridge to the bunker. Afterwards, Clara and Aiden work together to restore power to the bunker, and Clara is able to use the equipment inside to track the IP of the computer Damien is searching for, which leads them to a Black Viceroy territory in the Rossi-Fremont area. Aiden heads there and hacks a CTOS tower inside the compound, returning to the bunker to meet with Clara and view the surveillance footage to get an idea on the Viceroy's operations. They observe Viceroy members Delford Iraq Wade and his cousin Tyrone Bedbug Hayes speak with a member of the Chicago South Club who calls Lucky Quinn. 
The group discusses Quinn's guest list, which is inside a briefcase that Iraq has stolen. After the conversation, Iraq becomes unhinged and kills a viceroy with the briefcase before returning it to the club member and retreating into a locked server room, which Aiden now knows he needs to get inside of to find the hard drive for Damien. Aiden heads off with a plan to blackmail Bedbug into working for him. Aiden follows Bedbug and gathers evidence that he isn't acting in Iraq's best interests, and eventually learns that Iraq already plans to kill Bedbug for his various failures and betrayals. Aiden learns of the details and reaches the ambush location before Iraq's men do. With Jordy's help, Aiden kills the hitman and calls Bedbug, revealing his hand and saving the man. Bedbug reluctantly agrees to be Aiden's eyes and ears inside the compound and leads him to an auction where Iraq and Quinn will be. Planning to get close enough to Iraq to clone his RFID signature so he can unlock the server room, Aiden heads off to find the guest list so he can pose as one of the guests and enter the auction. Aiden finds the list and decides on using the identity of Nicholas Crispin. Aiden then finds Crispin and kills him in order to take his identity at the auction. Aiden gets into the auction, which turns out to be for human trafficking, and meets an escort named Poppy who he reveals his deception to and promises to find a way to get her out. Aiden then finds a rack and hacks his dog tags, obtaining the RFID tag. Quinn speaks with Aiden afterwards and reveals that he is suspicious about Crispin. After he leaves, Poppy arrives and reveals that Quinn's men don't trust Aiden, since Quinn was aware of the real Crispin's murder. Aiden is able to escape and call the police to arrive on scene to save the trafficking victims. Afterwards, Aiden receives a call from Yolanda, who reveals that Jackson has gone missing. Aiden is able to trace him once again and kills the fixers hired to capture the boy. He rescues Jackson, but the boy begins to fear his uncle, having seen him murder the others. Aiden drops off Jackson with Yolanda, who starts to become hostile over not hearing anything from or about Nicole. Aiden then returns to his job of retrieving the hard drive from Rossi Fremont. He eventually leads Bedbug into the server room and instructs him to start downloading all of the Viceroy's data. However, Bedbug panics and Iraq arrives just as the download reaches 23% completion. Aiden escapes and Iraq spares his cousin's life, but Aiden decides to cut him loose instead of putting him in any more danger. Aiden returns to Clara at the bunker, but she is unable to decrypt the incomplete data. She informs Aiden about a former CTOS engineer, Raymond Kenny, who might be able to help. Aiden heads off to Pawnee to find the man, instead finding somebody going by the name T-Bone Grady, who challenges Aiden to a drinking game. After Aiden wins, T-Bone starts a fight, but Aiden dispatches him with his baton. However, T-Bone, who Aiden now realizes is Raymond Kenny, is able to turn the tables and knock Aiden out with a strong shock from a taser. When Aiden awakens, he finds himself in T-Bone's safe house. Aiden asks him for his help, but T-Bone reveals that Bloom, the company that created CTOS as well as his former employer, has forced him into exile. As if he's noticed by any of the systems in Chicago, he'll be immediately captured by law enforcement. However, Ray states that with Aiden's help, he would be able to create a virus that he could upload into CTOS that could wipe Ray's identity from the database. Aiden infiltrates Bloom's headquarters and finds their chief communications officer, Charlotte Garner, speaking with Damien. Much to Aiden's surprise, Damien offers to give up Ray's location, some dirt on CTOS executives, as well as Aiden's identity in exchange for complete access to the CTOS network. Now knowing that T-Bone isn't safe, Aiden leaves to reach his hideout, only to find it currently attacked by the Pawnee Militia. Aiden and T-Bone escape, but T-Bone is forced to blow up his own hideout as well before the pair head back to the bunker. After T-Bone agrees to help, Aiden heads back to the building in Rossi Fremont and fights his way into the server room, successfully hacking the data inside. As he leaves, however, he encounters a rack on the roof, who he is forced to kill. He then returns to the bunker to meet with Clara and T-Bone to decrypt the data. There, they are subsequently hacked by another party, 
a hacker known as Default, who steals the data and reveals that he knows a secret about Clara, that she was hired by an unknown party to track Aiden and Damien after the Merlot incident. This causes a rift between the pair, and Aiden leaves after telling Clara to stay away from him. Aiden then meets with Damien, despite having nothing to actually give to him. This causes Damien to reveal Aiden's illegal activities to the public, blowing his cover and sending the police on his trail. After he escapes, T-Bone reveals that he has found Default's location, and the pair later determine that he works as a DJ in a nightclub, The Dot Connection, where Aiden is able to find the competing hacker and steal the data back from him. Later, T-Bone is able to decrypt the data to discover a name, Brent Ulster. Aiden tracks the man down and is able to rescue his sister, Nicole, and reunite her with her son before taking them both out of town, avoiding police opposition on the way. Afterwards, T-Bone reveals that it was Lucky Quinn himself that ordered the hit on Aiden's family. Aiden goes back to the source of his problems, the Merlot Hotel, and reaches Quinn in his office, separated by bulletproof glass. Aiden is able to hack the old man's pacemaker, however, causing a heart attack. As the man lays dying, he shows Aiden footage of Donovan Rushmore, the mayor of Chicago, murdering former Bloom employee Rose Washington, who along with T-Bone were whistleblowers of Bloom's sketchy practices. Quinn had used this footage to blackmail the mayor and control the city. When he noticed Damien and Aiden hacking the Merlot, Quinn determined that they were looking for that footage and ordered the hit to prevent losing his leverage. Aiden then finishes Quinn off and escapes with the footage. Afterwards, Damien informs Aiden that Clara called him in order to reveal her secret in exchange for Nicole's release. Aiden rushes to find her and eventually locates her at Lena's grave, where she is placing flowers. However, he is too late as she is shot dead by club hitmen tying loose ends. Aiden kills them and takes an audio recording from her phone, where she admits that she played her part in order to help him heal from Lena's death. Aiden then calls T-Bone to tell him the bad news and returns to the bunker to find the man packing up, hoping to clear the scene before the blackmail is revealed. Aiden then hears from Damien, who has successfully gained access to the entire CTOS system. T-Bone then helps Aiden take down Damien's hacked CTOS network by creating a virus that Aiden uploads to disable the firewall. During the hack, Aiden receives a message from DeadSec, who promised to be the watchdogs moving forward. Aiden then shuts down the entire CTOS network, taking down the city's infrastructure and leading him to Damien's location, a lighthouse just outside the city. Aiden rushes there and holds Damien at gunpoint, but Jordy arrives and reveals that he had been hired by Damien and subsequently orders Aiden to drop his gun. Aiden then causes the lighthouse's light to explode, distracting Jordy, giving Aiden a chance to throw him over the railing before he is able to pick up a gun and shoot Damien in the head, finally killing his former partner. Afterwards, the city's power is destroyed, and Aiden is forced to reflect on his actions. He ultimately decides to accept his new fate, using his skills and abilities to protect the innocent, as well as punish the guilty. Afterwards, Aiden receives one last call from Jordy, revealing that he had survived his fall. He leads Aiden to Maurice's location, letting Aiden decide his fate. At this point, Aiden can either kill his niece's murderer or walk away the better man. Either way, Aiden leaves the garage where his rival was being held and takes his next step into his vigilante career. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have a 
construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Sometime later, Aiden is contacted by a former associate of his, a decorated Army Special Forces operative who was dishonorably discharged named Mick Wolf. Wolf, hoping for Aiden's help in exposing his former commanding officers who were part of a conspiracy in stealing millions of dollars, which led to his discharge, arranges a meeting with Pierce, but during, the club attempts a hit on Aiden as revenge for Lucky Quinn's death, which he is able to survive. The pair then work together along with DedSec and former Marine Celine Garnera to expose the powerful figures behind the conspiracy, as well as thwart their plan to kill millions in Chicago. After succeeding, Celine and Mick stay together while Pierce heads off alone to kill the new leader of the club, Lucky Quinn's son, Niall. About a year later, in 2014, T-Bone breaks into a Bloom facility to remove some more data they have on him, as well as plant some fake information to throw them off his trail. After escaping in a shootout, he reaches his base of operations with the intentions of finally leaving Chicago for good the next day. However, these plans are interrupted when he receives a call from Tobias Frewer, who has been kidnapped by a group of fixers and asks for Ray's help. T-Bone is able to find and rescue Frewer, and afterwards the pair discuss Bloom's vendetta against both of them for their whistleblowing in the past. T-Bone agrees to help Frewer, knowing that he needs to hit Bloom once again to make sure they can't find either of them. T-Bone and Frewer track the men who were sent by Bloom to capture him, and after using Frewer as bait, they're able to take out the hitman, but T-Bone is able to find out where they hide out. There, T-Bone learns that they have captured a mole, an undercover cop named Alex Javorski. T-Bone makes his way to a mansion controlled by the Fixers and finds a wounded and tortured Javorski. T-Bone calls the police to alert them to Javorski's position, while the man gives up the name of Bloom's money guy, Jack Finely. T-Bone then escapes as the police arrive and heads to find Finely. T-Bone tracks him down and investigates his car. However, as he does, Finely injects him with a tranquilizer and calls the Fixers to retrieve him. When T-Bone awakens, he is able to take Finely's car to escape and learn that Default is the one helping Bloom track him down. T-Bone reaches out to Default, returns a video message that T-Bone is able to determine the hacker's location. When he gets there, T-Bone finds a strange shrine of mannequins set up to resemble the victims of a blackout in 2003 triggered by T-Bone that caused their accidental deaths. The last mannequin is wearing a mask identical to Default's, revealing that one of the victims was the hacker's own brother sparking his personal vendetta against Ray. T-Bone escapes the building as Default sends in Fixer reinforcements and reaches his base of operations to regroup with Frewer, and the pair soon discover that the Fixers are attacking there as well. After defending their base, the pair discover Default's location, an underground base beneath the Loop District. Inside, he is met with video monitors displaying live feeds of Default, as well as the others who lost their loved ones due to Ray's blackout, who are set to decide his fate. T-Bone proceeds to issue a heartfelt apology, but as only three of them forgive him and shut off their feeds, Default fills the room with poisonous gas to kill T-Bone. With help from Frewer's phone, T-Bone is able to hack the ventilation system to reroute the poison to Default's room instead, killing him in his place. Afterwards, T-Bone decides to stay in Chicago with Frewer so they can work together, hopefully with Aiden's help, to track down Bloom. Two years later, in 2016, CTOS 2.0 is installed in San Francisco by Bloom Corporation. A hacker named Marcus Holloway is wrongfully identified by CTOS as a perpetrator of a crime and is later arrested and punished. Personally seeing the danger in CTOS, he looks to join DedSec with the intention of taking down CTOS and Bloom. 
After an initiation mission of breaking into a Bloom server farm, Marcus joins the San Francisco outfit of DeadSec, working with fellow members Sitara, Josh, Wrench, and Horatio to expose the corrupt uses of CTOS data by corporations and government entities. They create a social media campaign, conducting various missions to publicly expose the various corruptions and gain a larger and larger following online, including stealing an AI-driven car from a movie studio, hacking a Bloom-connected operating system called Home, and exposing a scam church called New Dawn, among others. Afterwards, Josh realizes their follower numbers are being inflated by somebody inside of the social media website Invite. Marcus breaks into the office of the CEO of the company, but instead finds Dushan Nemec the chief technology officer of Bloom, who stops his access. Dushan reveals that he was behind DeadSec's artificial popularity growth, using the threat of their hacking abilities to frighten more companies into adopting CTOS for protection. Dushan then leaves as the police arrive, causing Marcus to flee back to the DeadSec base of operations. The group then attends a gathering of hackers in the desert in order to get out of the city while things cool off, and there they meet Raymond T-Bone Kenny. T-Bone tells Marcus about the Bellwether Project, Bloom's operation to use their data and system to obtain full control of world politics and media. T-Bone, still harboring a grudge against Bloom, offers to join the DeadSec group in order to take them down and stop Bellwether. Back in the city, the group continue their quest to expose the corruption, starting with hacking an internet company called Noodle after Marcus poses as an employee. DeadSec is able to use this data dump to follow more leads and expose more crooked corporations and politicians, putting them back in the public's good graces. Meanwhile, Dushan hires a rival hacker called Lenny, leader of a group called Prime 8, to counter-hack and disrupt DeadSec's activity. Marcus meets with Lenny, who makes a deal to restore their data if they create a public video denouncing themselves. Marcus is able to find Prime 8's hideout, however, and steal their encryption key to unlock their servers. Later, DeadSec learns that Dushan had gotten the FBI to observe them, and they counter these efforts by attempting to hack the Bureau to obtain evidence of their corruption. The FBI capture Wrench and take him to their hideout, which Marcus is able to locate and hack into. He watches their interrogation, but the agents are interrupted by Dushan, who proceeds to conduct his own interrogation. He lets Wrench go free, but offers a deal that if DeadSec wants to be off the FBI's radar, they need to come speak with him directly. He then steals Wrench's signature mask as the man leaves to return to DeadSec. Marcus then breaks into the FBI's stronghold to download their data before retrieving Wrench's mask and returning it to him. DeadSec then releases their information about the FBI's illegal surveillance activities to the public. Later, the Tezka street game kidnap Horatio, and when he refuses to help them, he is subsequently killed. This sends Marcus on a vengeful tear as he shuts down the gang's operations and kills their leaders. Afterwards, Ray and Marcus work to infect a satellite with their own software, and after it launches, they are able to use its coverage to access Bloom's data center to download all of their data, discovering that the satellites operate as a network backbone that several important governments, figures, and companies worldwide are using to transfer their data, funneling it all through Bloom, who can access and use it. DeadSec learns that Bloom has been monitoring a network hack from the Chinese, and this info leads them to a cargo ship hacked to be pre-cleared at the docks. Marcus finds the cargo container and finds a man inside, trafficked to the U.S. in order to analyze hacked stock market data for insider trading purposes. Marcus traces the operation to a barge and sneaks on board to fly their server away with a drone. Later, Marcus is able to infiltrate and hack another corrupt corporation, security machine manufacturer Titus. He hacks their prototype spider-like tank to destroy their equipment and downloads all of their project data before leaving the lab and exposing the company's plan to sell the machines for civil suppression purposes. 
Finally, DedSec exposes Invite as a tool for political propaganda, namely working in favor of a congressman Mark Thruss, who is in Bloom's pocket thanks to blackmail they possess. They then discover and destroy some compromised voting machines and expose what they've learned to the public, implicating Thruss and Invite CEO Mary Catskill. Finally backed into a corner, Dushan makes Marcus a target for the Feds, forcing him to lay low and provide assistance from afar for his DedSec colleagues. They're able to destroy some of Bloom's servers and backups, allowing Josh to work his magic and spoof the CTOS system to allow Marcus to safely reach the Bloom headquarters. There, he is successfully able to hack Bloom's system and download all of the data on the Bellwether project and Dushan's illegal activity. Afterwards, Marcus and Ray find Dushan in his apartment. They taunt him over their victory over him before walking out as San Francisco PD arrive to arrest the corrupt CTO. Finally, Marcus and T-Bone return to the DedSec base and celebrate with the rest of the team as their message about Bloom is broadcast to the world, inspiring new DedSec cells and other hacktivist groups to pop up all over the world, triggering two unknown individuals to begin their own plans to combat this. Later, DedSec continues to fight to liberate San Francisco, including working with Jordy Chin to take down the Russian mob, as well as thwarting other illegal operations. That same year in October, we find a young hacker named Sada, who returns to her home in the Racina favela in Brazil. There, she reunites with her brother, Sebastio, who had been taken by a gang called the Lobos into a life of crime five years prior. Secretly, she uses her hacking skills to prevent drug sales in her village, which catches DedSec's attention, and they offer to help her in her fight against the corruption in South America. In their attempts, Sada is framed for the murder of a group of police officers and thrown in jail, but she is broken out by Sebastio four years later, after he gets clean from drugs and denounces his life of crime, despite still being stuck in it. Sebastio takes Sada to the base of their town's own DedSec chapter, and it's revealed that Josh from San Francisco helped in her escape. Eventually, DedSec and one of Sada's closest childhood friends, Tomas Ribeiro, work to expose Bloom Brazil and the Rio police for attempting to use CTOS to allow them to launder drug money from the favelas in Rio. Afterwards, Tomas is elected mayor of Rio, and Sada leaves for good. Tomas, now knowing CTOS is an inevitability, hires on the remaining DedSec chapter to keep an eye on it, since he knows he can't trust Bloom. Sometime in the future, DedSec London is met with a disaster when one of its new recruits, a young hacker named Ali Soames, witnesses a man get shot dead by a sniper right in front of him. This sparks an investigation involving DedSec, including Liz Burton, aka Red Queen, as well as another hacker named Krish, a privatized military company called Albion, headed by Nigel Cass and led by Sergeant Faulkner, a corner of the mob called the Kellys, led by matriarch Bloody Mary Kelly, and finally, Member of Parliament Sarah Lincoln and her assistant Hannah Shaw. This also spins in siblings Danny and Roe Hayes, the former working for Albion and the latter working for the Kellys, who are pitted against each other but come back together as the investigation moves on. Ultimately, DedSec, the Hayes, and Hannah learn that the sniper was hired by an unknown group called Zero Day to cover up the tracks of a bomb maker they hired. Ultimately, everyone involved in the plot dies, including some casualties like Liz Burton, and Albion ends up seizing control of most of London. While the rest of those conducting the investigation survive, as it comes to a close, a nearby tech conference is sabotaged with explosives, as is Parliament, killing many seemingly at Zero Day's hands. These events ultimately destroy DedSec London, 
But Danny, Roe, Hannah, and Ollie rejoin the next year thanks to an invitation from their AI, Bagley, who announces that a former DedSec London member named Sabine made the call to reunite. The group then plan to rejoin to help DedSec and the Resistance rise once again. This leads us directly into Watch Dogs Legion, where we'll see DedSec's attempt to save London from those who try to control it. Hey everybody, thank you so much for watching, and a huge thanks goes out to my lovely patrons and channel members, whose support is really the main reason these videos are even possible. Their names are on screen now, and yours can be too if you like my content enough to support. If not, that's cool too, just remember to like, subscribe, and leave a comment if you enjoyed this video and would like to see another franchise covered on this series. Also, I have a Twitter, at Suggestive Games, so go follow that, and remember that you can pop into our Discord to chat and suggest other franchises to cover. Links also in the description. Thanks again, guys. Be safe out there.